Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, just going to give you a little bit of a backstory on how this message came about. Um, so I've had a few people asking me when I'm going to preach again, or if I have a message, then there's plenty of space to speak. And I just had absolutely nothing. Like I just, I would never get up and speak if I felt like I hadn't received something from the Lord to say. Um, so anyway, about six weeks ago on a Saturday morning, I wake up bright and early, even before the birds are awake, right? And I, I, I was a little bit grumpy because obviously Saturday morning, you're not at work, you get to sleep in. So I get up and I go to make a coffee and then all of a sudden, bang, it hits me. And it's like, this is your point. This is your message. This is your next point. This is the scripture that goes with it. These are the images I want you to use. For about 20 minutes, my mind was just like, bang, 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 bang. These are all the, all the points. So I'm like, oh, man. All right. So the Lord does have something for me to say. So that was six weeks ago. So on that Monday, I came into work and I had some space in the afternoon. So I sat down and wrote the whole sermon, 30 minutes worth. All my points, all my scriptures. The PowerPoint was done straight away. Um, it sat in my bag for two weeks before I approached Pastor Russell because <laughs> I thought, oh man, this means that I'm going to have to book in a slot to, to preach um, again. So two weeks later, Russell read through it just to make sure you know, that it's all okay. PowerPoint was done. So it's been sitting there for four weeks. Now, Russell reads through it. And then that week, Church Unlimited in Auckland starts preaching about the same topic. Uh, and I also hear other preachers from America and that have been speaking about the same thing. So I'm like, okay, this is obviously something that the Lord is speaking to his church about for this next season. So my other thought, as you do, I was thinking, oh, Auckland's speaking about this. Should I speak about it again? Is it going to be too much? But uh, the way that I received it from the Lord, I believe that um, it is a word in season for us here. So just reiterating uh, what many churches are speaking about at the moment, uh, which is the Word, enjoying the Word. Um, I'll probably have a little bit of a different take on how Church Unlimited and West is speaking, which is a good thing, because it's many angles of the same topic. So um, what I'm going to talk to you about is how much I personally love the Word. So I've grown up in church my whole life. I've been through a Christian school. I've been through Bible college for two years. Um, so I've been surrounded by Scripture, basically, my whole life. Um, but there came a certain point, probably in my early 20s, where something in me changed. It was like a switch just flicked, and all of a sudden, I was craving the Word. Something in me began to hunger for it. Um, and I knew I should be reading it more than I was. Uh, so I picked it up over and over again. But it wouldn't go in. Like it just, it was like there was a block in my mind and I just couldn't get it inside of me. I tried over and over again. Um, and you know in Galatians where the Apostle Paul talks about the conflict between the flesh and the spirit? And that was what was happening. It was like there was war inside of me. I wanted the word, but it just wouldn't go in. So I got so frustrated that in the end I went before God the Father and I said, Lord, Heavenly Father, give me a Bible. A Bible just for me that will go in that I can read. Uh, looking back now, I can see that what I was actually asking for was for the Lord to open Scripture to me more. I was craving understanding and knowledge through it. 
um, and I wanted something deeper than I had experienced before. Well, he answered. So shortly later, I picked up the word again, and I was able to read it cover to cover twice through in a very short amount of time. I was consuming huge amounts of scripture, like you would read a novel, soaking it in, and I was absolutely loving it. My heart was soaking in it. So what I'm hoping to inspire in you today is just a reignited passion for his word. Uh, And to encourage you, if you are struggling a bit, just ask him uh, and he will answer. Maybe you are completely good with scripture uh, and you read it all the time. So my message this morning will just be an extra confirmation to you on how good it is. Um, But if you are struggling a little bit, maybe like what I was, then my hope is that you will be inspired to approach him uh, and ask him to do the same for you as he did for me, because it will absolutely change your life. So I've split this sermon into three sections this morning. So I've got what, how, and why we enjoy the word. So first point, what? What is the Bible? Bible, the Word, is living and it is powerful. So as you read it, I believe by faith that just by reading it, it can shift things for you, can heal, it can transform. Just by reading it. Why? Because it is God-breathed. This is not just a book of written words. It actually has life and power in it, right? So 1 John 1 to 2 and verse 4. Many of us will know these scriptures. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. The word gave life to everything that was created. In the midst of an intense struggle, I I have found that the only thing that will help me is the word. Both worship and prayer are amazing, amazing tools that the Lord has given us to use. Uh, But I find that sometimes in the midst of a real intense battle can actually be difficult to focus your mind on actually releasing real worship to the Lord, right? You aim to, but the next thing your mind is way over in Timbuktu, somewhere in a canoe floating down a river. And then in prayer, um, sometimes despite our best intentions, depending on the battle or maybe the pain that you're facing, it can actually end up sounding like a bit of a complaint to the Lord. And yes, the word can be misused or misinterpreted, but the word is different because it's God's spoken word. So it's different to worship and praise, which we release to the Lord. The word is released from God to us. That's the difference. Uh, So reading it or listening to it, for those of you who might enjoy uh, audio or podcasts, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Uh, for those of you who are new to being Christians or if you're struggling to soak it in, just start with simple faith, believing, trusting, and receiving it in relationship with the Lord because it is the book of all books. It's sacred and precious, so treasure it. Uh, Hebrews 4 verse 12 For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. 
A two-edged sword means that both sides of it are sharpened. So you're actually able to use the blade both ways in a fight. Uh, you can swing it both ways. Which brings me to my next point of what? It is the spirit's sword. It is a partnership. I did like that picture of the sword um, there. As you read it with the Holy Spirit, you will find that you begin to understand it more as he leads. Another well-known scripture, Ephesians 6, 11 to 17, the whole armor of God. Put on all of God's armor, which we need, right, every single day at the moment. Like, just stuff is crazy in the world. <laughs> so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood or each other, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to stand to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, or as I like to think of it, the Holy Spirit's sword. Yes, we wield it, but it is His to direct, partnered with Him. Think about how much more effective it is if we let him direct his sword using our arm. If we let him teach us how to use a double-edged sword in a spiritual fight. When I read the word, I actually openly discuss with the Holy Spirit what I'm thinking of in each passage. Or what it reminds me of. Or where it lines up with other references in scripture. It becomes a discussion with the Lord, a partnership with him. The more you spend time with the Lord like this, meditating on and discussing the word, the more you learn with and from him. So how, how do we get into the word? We read all of it. Some bits you come across and you're like, man, this is so harsh. Like, especially for visionary people, there's some brutal language in there. But when I read through stuff like that, I think, okay, it is from the Lord. He is to be trusted. He is good. I know his goodness. Therefore, every bit of this word is good and to be trusted, regardless of what my mind is saying right now. And there is a reason that he has put it in there, for my good. Uh, a couple of months back, I was in the office here, and there were two different people that walked in off the street in one week on different days. And both of them asked me the same question. They said, does this church read and believe in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Now, I, I have never, ever been asked this before or come across it. So my immediate response was, well, both. We read the whole Bible cover to cover in this church. Now, the first guy, I think Juliet was in the office with me. The first guy turned his back, just walked straight out angrily. The second guy in the week said that he would return later to talk to the pastor. I don't know if he ever came back. Uh, but as, as you read through it regularly, or maybe if you're new to Christianity and you want to go into deeper study at some point, 
you will see that the Old Testament, the New Testament, the beginning, the end, it's all interconnected, all interwoven together, and it's all good. Even the genealogies, right, where the whole chapter is just like 100 Hebrew names in a row. You'll find that in the first nine chapters of Chronicles, uh, they're all listed names. So I challenge you, go home today and read the genealogies out loud. You will love listening to the sound of your own voice, trying to pronounce them. Uh, and so will the other people in your household. might actually even sound like you're speaking in tongues. So, which brings me to my next point. How? Speak it aloud. Speak it out aloud to yourself. Read it over yourself. Pray it over yourself. Or if you prefer, soak it in with audio scripture. Let it sink in through your ear gate. Speak it into your homes, into the atmosphere around you. I personally find that when I read it aloud, I'm seeing it, reading it, hearing it, speaking it over myself and into the room, all at the same time as the Holy Spirit, Spirit brings revelation and understanding, right? It's a supernatural living partnership. How? Take every opportunity that you can. Just uh, some advice to myself and to you uh, in these days. Also what some of the other pastors and churches are saying, just based on what is happening now on the earth, we need it. We need it inside of us to help us get through. So take every opportunity that you can to get it into your spirit and your heart. All of us need it. Whether you are newly saved or you've been saved for 40 years, you need the word. Why? Why do you need the word? Simply because Jesus is an intellectual and absolute genius. I could just leave that up as my main sermon for the whole day, just that one slide. If you get nothing from today, just take that home with you. Read the word because he's a genius. There's uh, a lot of theological debate around, if you hadn't noticed, <laughs> around different ideas and principles of scripture. Um, some of it deliberately set to cause division amongst God's people. I've uh, recently been reading one of Charles Spurgeon's books, uh, and he talks about how unity in the church honors the Holy Spirit, which means that the Holy Spirit can move and do the Lord's will easily in people's lives. Where there is disunity and arguments amongst the Lord's people, it dishonors and restricts the Spirit of Jesus from having as much freedom to move. Now, these differing opinions that we hear about are definitely not new. Uh, Jesus faced many debates and discussions throughout his entire ministry, too. He was often questioned and faced with ideas or tricky debates with different religious groups, right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, the Essenes. So why read the word more? Simply because Jesus is a genius and he knew every single time how to answer them cleverly how to answer those who challenged him in debate. So just read it for the example that he set. I've got a couple of examples just of the geniusness of Jesus' response. So from the book of Mark, uh, Mark chapter 11, 27 to 33, the authority of Jesus challenged. Uh, now this passage of scripture is just following when Jesus has been into the temple and he's overturned all the tables and thrown out the money, char uh, money charges because they had made the sacredness of the Lord's house into a marketplace, basically. Um, so he's just come from challenging people 
in literally the religious, political, like the political religious powers of that day. So again, they entered Jerusalem. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer me one question, Jesus replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe John. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, well, we don't know. And Jesus responded, well, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Uh, And again, later down in Mark chapter 12, it's just another example of the geniusness of Jesus. Taxes for Caesar. Uh, Verse 13, later the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and you don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed them. So after some of Jesus' genius responses, those who were debating with him and trying to trap him with words, they couldn't even answer him back. They had nothing to say. And sometimes I know that we see differences of opinion and teaching within the body of Christ right, between churches and different things. Um, I like to look at it this way. If we put it all together, different types of ministry, different giftings in the churches, different types of teaching, the key being if it all lines up correctly with the Word and in Jesus, rather than one being more right than the other, it actually shows us a picture of a bigger God, right, a multifaceted God, that there are different sides to him, that his kingdom is huge, that he is greater than our mere mortal minds can comprehend. We can't put him in a one-size-fits-all box. He's bigger than it all. We only see in part now, and together, it all brings him glory. Why read it? Because what goes in will come out. The more you put scripture into your heart and mind, the better. I found that I can read something in the Word and months later when a situation arises, a passage of scripture or a chapter I have read, or maybe a situation uh, from someone's life in scripture will suddenly pop into my memory, exactly appropriate to uh, to help with the situation I'm facing. The Holy Spirit brings it up in my memory, right? But how can the Lord bring it up to your thoughts if you haven't put it in there recently? So my prayer and my hope from this message is that you would get into the Bible so much over this upcoming Christmas season that you would soak it up like a sponge and that when squeezed under the pressures of 
family and life and everything that's happening, living water will come out because you are so full of it, so full of Scripture. Jeremiah 31, 33. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. It is so important what we allow our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Our ear gate and our eye gate, right, which are the doors to our inner world, our thinking. Because it will come out eventually and it will mold and shape your understanding of things and the people around you. So, let the word shape your mindset of things. Of anything that we have in this world, this is the most trustworthy thing. Why do we read it? Because scripture is a key to calming your thoughts. Sometimes there can be a bombardment of thinking from spiritual battles that are happening around us. Um, especially for spiritually sensitive or visual people, I find uh, stuff just seems to stick to your mind and it takes ages to get it out again. Um, or you find random images flash across your mind and you think, what is this? Where are these pictures coming from? Uh, so sometimes it can be from what's happening around you. Sometimes it can be a result of simply reaping what we have previously sown into our lives. Uh, so wrong books, movies, music. When this happens, or if you have experienced overwhelming thoughts, I've found that the Word is the only thing powerful enough to bring peace and right thinking. Uh, so I used to work in PR, um, a public relations role in Auckland for a while. Um, and part of my role was to put together press releases um, and help organise press events for new luxury hair care products that came into New Zealand. Um, and I would present these to different beauty editors or magazines, um, New Zealand influencers, media companies, that kind of thing. Um, I would then have to follow and connect with a lot of people on social media platforms uh, to be able to to collect what are called press clippings. Um, if they, by chance, randomly took an Instagram picture of one of our products, uh, which would be free product placement for us or free advertising, basically, for the brands that we distributed. It was an amazing job, super, super fun, and I absolutely loved it. But what I found spiritually after a few years um, was that because I was continually having to follow these people, um, on social media every day. There was just constant imagery scrolling past my eyes all the time. Uh, and there might be some people that are able to handle that amazingly, but what I found was that it, it totally wreaked havoc with my thinking and my mind after a few years. Um, now, the only thing that pushed any of that out was putting Scripture in. I knew that the Word was the only thing that would bring renewal to my thinking and my mind. It's another well-known scripture, um, Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do we transform our mind and our thinking? By putting scripture into it. I picture it like this. The scripture goes in and cleanses, right, which is the washing with the water of the word. The Holy Spirit then uses it to water blast my thinking, 
So I picture the Holy Spirit in there with a water blaster, you know, water blasting my mind, which then pushes out all of the other stuff. So there's no room for filth in there anymore. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Uh, In the Old Testament throughout Leviticus, uh, when Moses is championing um, the building for the tabernacle, which was, you know, to host the glory of the Lord, God says to the people of Israel quite a few times, consecrate yourselves as holy. Be holy because I am holy. So for those of you who might struggle sometimes with a constant bombardment of thoughts, or you might be losing sleep at night because of it, you just can't slow your thinking down. The Word is the key to calming that. Read it at night before you go to sleep. I know from personal experience that it will help. (laughs) Uh, And my last point is, why do we read it? Because once you start, it becomes incredibly Moorish. It's like eating snacks that you just can't stop eating, right? You're just watching something and your hand automatically goes into the bowl and up to your mouth again without thinking. Nothing else will satisfy the soul, your mind, your thinking, your will, your decisions, your emotions, and your spirit like his word. Nothing else. There is something about his word that is the ultimate fulfillment It reaches deep inside in a way that I can't even find words to explain. And once you get a small taste for it like that, a passion for it from the Lord, it will change your life. I was um, was reading it one day here in the office, and I was thinking about how much I was enjoying just being alone with the Lord, reading the Word out loud. When I suddenly had this revelation, hang on a minute. It's actually the opposite. I think that the Word is enjoying me, right? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the living, breathing Word, is enjoying spending time with me this way. The more you spend time in it, the more you will see how amazing it is. You'll begin to see more of the Lord's personality in it. You'll pick up on traits of His character when reading some of his responses to people and situations. You'll see glimpses of God the Father's heart. This is how you will get to know him, and it is how you will see him. So, those are just a few points this morning on what, how, and why we enjoy the Word. Um, For those of you who have been inspired by this and just are wanting a passion for more, right? There's always more. He's a bigger God than we realize, I think. In our minds, we can't comprehend how huge he is. So there's always more. If you want more, just ask him for it. He will will answer. Um, Grab the worship team up again. We might end with a song. Um, And I would like to just um, release a quick prayer of blessing over those of you who would like to receive it um, in line with this message this morning. Um, So if you would like me to pray for you, just um, feel free to stand. You're welcome to not. That is totally up to you. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing anyway.
shuru yerererere sia da Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Spirit of the Living God, I just ask, Father, for everyone standing here today, every family represented, Lord, every person who's wanting to to get closer to you, Lord, to be to be taught new revelations, new principles, new things of your kingdom for this current season, Lord. I just pray for a reignited passion for your word, uh, that, that they would have an unquenchable hunger for it, Lord, that it would become Moorish to them, that they would soak it up like a sponge so that when under the pressures of life, what will come out of them is living water. I just pray, Lord God, that you would give them a passion for all of it, Old Testament to new, cover to cover, that it's all good, that you would open doors of opportunity, Lord, for them to find more time to spend in it. I just pray, Lord, that we would all partner with you, Holy Spirit, to learn, to grow, and to fight in the right way in this season and the upcoming season that is ahead. I just pray, Lord God, that you would put it deep within them, that you would write it on their hearts that you would bring peace to overwhelmed thinking, Lord, with your word, that you would transform minds. And thank you, Father, that it has the power to change all of our lives, to shift, to heal, to transform, just by reading it, Lord, because you are living and breathing, Father, and you're amongst us. I pray that we would all receive life through it. So I just speak blessing, I speak peace. And I just pray, Lord, that you would open scriptures to people who are wanting more, who are craving treasures, Lord, those who want to seek out the gold in your word. I speak, declare, and pray that in your mighty name, Lord Jesus, this morning. Amen.